Well, uh, the book of Titus tells us something great. It says in Titus chapter 1, verse 2, that God who cannot lie promised eternal life. But the great truth is that God who cannot lie, that's his character, he always tells the truth, he can't lie, whatever he says is right, he promised, and he makes promises. In that particular passage of Titus 1, verse 2, it's God who cannot lie promised eternal life. That's what he says there. One of the great things about God and his character is that whatever he says, whatever he does is right. In Romans chapter 4, the Bible says that whatever God had promised, he was able to to do. And that was Abraham speaking and Paul writing it down. And so whatever God, whatever God promises, he's able to do. Now, what had God promised? We, we start looking back and we see that God said that there'd be no rain. And so there wasn't any rain. Now we're going to see that God came, basically told Elijah to go tell the king that it's going to rain. And he went and told the king it's going to rain, but it hadn't rained yet. But we're going to see the promise because God's promises are always true. As we look at 1 Kings 18, we have already seen that Elijah stood on Mount Carmel, that he challenged the nation to turn back to God, that God has already brought fire from heaven. The people recognize that the Lord, he is God, and they put to death 450 prophets of Baal. How much better could things get? I mean, we could say, wow, I mean, it couldn't go any better. Everything that he's done has turned out right. He's obeyed. He's trusted God for the last three and a half years. Whatever God told him to do, he told him to do. Well, this morning, we're going to see two things. The promises that God's going to bring the rain, just like he said, and we're going to see the prayer because Elijah turns to God praying to bring the rain. Now, I want you to understand something. God said, I'm going to bring the rain. But what does Elijah do? He prays and asks God to bring the rain. And see, the Bible is full of things. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You can say, Lord, you know, I'm trusting you not to leave me or forsake me. He said, I'll provide every need that you have. You can say, Lord, please provide every need that we have based on your promises. That's that's when people talk about praying according to the Scripture. We're praying according to the Word of God, the promises and the truths and the principles that he does for us. Well, let's break down the passage. Two things, the promise comes, the rain comes, that's 18 verses uh, verse 41. And then we actually see it all happen in verse 41 through 46. That's how I just put, kind of put it that way. And so you can see that the whole thing flows together. So God who cannot lie. I want you to look at 1 Kings 18, verse 41. Now, Elijah said to Ahab, now remember who Ahab is, he's the bad king. Elijah says to him, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the roar of a heavy shower. Now, is it raining? Is it raining? No. Is it thundering? Is it lightning? No. He tells Ahab, go up, eat and drink, like go have a big meal, go have a party. Why? Because the, it's fixing to rain, but there is the sound of the roar. So he, t- he tells him that. Now, let me ask you this. How could he tell Ahab that it's going to rain? Just take your Bible, and if you're like mine, just kind of turn a page back to chapter 18. Look at verse 1. Same chapter, verse 1. Now it happened after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the face of the earth. What did God promise? I'm going to send rain. What did Elijah say? You better go get something to eat and drink and have a little party because it's fixing to rain on the face of the earth. It hasn't rained for what? Three and a half years. And so God comes to Elijah, tells him to go to Ahab and says, I will send the rain. Three and a half years have passed since the very beginning, but he just told him, go send the rain. Now, by the way, all 
promises that we have are always based on the Bible, always based on the Word of God. We can always count on it. When he says, I give unto you eternal life and you shall what? What? Are we all, are you all here today? Okay, I, I shall give you eternal life and you shall what? Never perish. Listen, is that a promise? Do you have eternal life? Will you ever perish? No. Can anything separate you from the love of God? Will he supply every need that you have? Will he take care of you? Will he answer your prayers? Will he, will he ever leave you or forsake you? No, I mean, he, every promise that he ever makes to us is always true. And so he said, go, uh, go eat and drink and have a celebration. Why? Because the roar of the wind, the water, and the rain, it's coming. He says, the, there is the, for there is the sound of the roar of a heavy shower. Now, if you're Ahab, you could say, I, I, don't, uh, I don't hear anything. I don't hear anything. Realize at this time, there's not a cloud in the sky. It's sort of like when Noah preached for 120 years that the flood was coming, that there was going to be a great rain, water was going to fall out of the sky, which had never happened, by the way, had not rained up to that point in time. And so he says there's going to be rain coming out of, the, out of the sky and up out of the ground. And they looked at him and said, we don't even know what you're talking about. And so here, Elijah says, you better go run and have a party because there is the roar, the sound of the roar of the shower, and there's not even a cloud in the sky. Let's talk about promises for a second because you may have never thought about some of this, but there's some things we need to remember when we think about God's promises. The first one is this. Not all promises in the Bible are meant for us. I mean, I've seen people pull promises out that have nothing to do with us. I mean, that famous one is, if my people are called by my name, will turn from their wicked ways, I'll heal their land and all that. That's talking to Israel. And it's talking to them right before the captivity. And they basically, God says, if you will turn back to me as a nation, you will not have to go into captivity. And they didn't turn back and they went into captivity. And people use that for America. They use it for everything. That, that's not who it's talking to. Not all the promises in the Bible are meant for us. Some are for individuals. Some are for nations. Some are for the church. There are many, many passages taken out of context. Underneath that, I want you to understand that promises could be personal or universal. Personal is for a particular group, a particular person, particular people. There's a passage that says, I urge Eudoti and Sineski to get along with each other. None of y'all in this room are that name, and none of y'all were in the first century in that church. So that wasn't written to you. And when God said to Joshua, I will be with you when you cross into the land, that was to Joshua, not to me. When he said to the nation of Israel, if you'll obey me, you'll get to stay in the land. If you disobey me, you'll be moved out of the land. He's not talking to the United States of America. He's talking to the nation of Israel. He said to Paul, just as you've testified here, you will testify in Rome. That was a promise to Paul, not to me. So sometimes there are promises that are personal. There are also promises that are universal. God so loved the what? The world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whoever, any person would believe would never perish but have everlasting life. So when you look at promises, are they universal promises for all people or are they particular people? The second thing is that promises are conditional or unconditional. You may go, what? What do you mean? There's some promises that are unconditional. I mean, excuse me, that are conditional. Guess what? If we confess our sins, he's what? Faithful and just to forgive us. If you don't confess your sins, guess what? He's not going to forgive you. It's conditional. It's a third class if in Greek, which means maybe, maybe not. He says, if, maybe, maybe not, we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive. It's a conditional thing. So in order that if you sin as a believer, if I sin as a believer, in order to have forgiveness... 
which is one of his promises, we have to confess our sin, which means to tell on ourselves. So some promises are conditional. Some are unconditional. I give you eternal life and you shall what? Never perish. Even if you want to perish, you can't perish. I've had some people say, I don't believe that anymore, and I, I don't believe any of it. I said, well, it's too bad. You've already believed in Jesus. You have eternal life, and you're, you're going to be with him whether you want to or not. Well, I don't want to. Well, you're going to. Right? Because it's unconditional. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give eternal life to them, and they shall never perish. Nobody can pluck them out of my hand. My Father who gave them me is greater than all. Nobody can pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are what? We're one. It's going to come to pass. So there are some promises that are conditional, and they're conditional on what you do, and there are some promises that are conditional. Listen, he said, if you obey me to the nation of Israel, I will let you stay in this land, and I will bless you. That's a conditional promise, because they have to obey. And he said, if you disobey me, I'll move you out of the land. And that was conditional, and they disobeyed, so he moved them out of the land. So there's conditional and unconditional promises. So when you go to the Bible and you see truths and you see promises, look at them. Are they personal or are they universal? Are they for a particular person or are they for, for everybody? And then are they conditional or unconditional? Well, watch what happens. Connected with the promise of rain, we see Elijah's prayer. Elijah just didn't say, I'll just stand around and see if it rains. He says, I'm going to go to God and pray. Listen, when Daniel, when Daniel prayed, he was reading and he found Jeremiah. This is Daniel. In captivity, he found Jeremiah and it said that the nation of Israel would go back from bondage after 70 years. And guess what? It was the 70 years. And what did he do? Did he say, well, we're automatically going back? You know what he did? He prayed, and he said, oh, Lord, based on your promise, let us go back. Oh, Lord, based on your promise, bring the rain. So when we think about Elijah, Elijah's just like us. And here's what I love. In James 5, 17, it says, Elijah prayed that it might not rain, and it didn't rain for what? Three and a half years, and then Elijah prayed for rain, and it what? And it rained. Now, God told him it was not going to rain, so he prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain. God told him it was going to rain, so he prayed it rained, and it what? It rained. And so you can say, Lord, don't leave me or forsake me. He said, I promised you I won't. Okay, that, don't, right? Don't. Uh, Lord, I know you're going to provide every need that I have. Would you provide every need that I have? Right? Didn't he tell you to be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving? Let your requests be made known to God. Lift them up. That's what it's for. That's how you have that, that fellowship and relationship with him. That's the key. So watch what happens. Verse 41 again. Now Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the roar of a heavy shower. And I'm telling you, there's not a cloud in the sky. But he knows. And so Ahab went up to eat and to drink. But Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he crouched down on the earth and put his face between his knees. Now, Ahab is still around Mount Carmel. He's going to have a party. But Ahab's eventually going to go back to Samaria, okay? But not yet. So while Ahab's down there having a party, Elijah's on top of Mount Carmel, and he's crouched down on the earth, and he put his face between his knees. What is he doing? He's praying. He's humbling himself. He's, he, what, what a contrast. Ahab's having the party and Elijah's praying. Elijah's praying. Uh, he's put himself in a position of humility by putting his face down like that. Watch what happens. Verse 43, he said to his servant, now he's got a servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And he came 
and said, go back seven times. So you can see this. He's praying, and he says, go look and see what's out there. And the guy goes and says, nothing. He goes, okay. And he prays some more. He says, go look again. Nothing. There's nothing. There's not a cloud in the sky. And that happens seven times. About the fifth time, would you say, I don't know if this is going to work, right? Have you ever prayed up something over and over, and then you think, well, maybe it ain't going to work. I mean, maybe that's not what the plan is. Who knows? What did God already tell him? He's going to bring the rain. In fact, he said, I already heard the shower seven times. I like it. He says, there's nothing. He said, go back seven times. It came about at the seventh time, he said, he said, go out there and look. And the guy, he said, behold, a cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. So he went and looked, and he looked up in the sky, and there was a cloud about that big, you know, one of those little clouds. And he went, there's a little, there's a little bitty cloud about the size of a man's hand. It's coming up, you know, from the Mediterranean. I can see it coming up. And he said, go up and say to Ab. And he says, you go tell the king, prepare your chariot and go down, go down to the capital so that the heavy shower does not stop you. He's basically saying, you better get in the chariot now, and you better get home, because the rain's coming big. It's going to come so big, your chariot might get stuck. (laughs) That's what he's saying. It's going to be muddy. It's going to be tough. There's going to be no telling what, because the uh, the rain's going to come. Now, picture this. Has it rained in three and a half years? You think you're going to get stuck in mud? There's no rain. There's nothing. There's not, I mean, there's nothing. I, I, wanna, I want you to think about what he did. Okay, I'm going to go through this quickly, just looking at time. Here's what he did. He had separated himself. Now, this is how he prayed. He got by himself. He humbled himself in that position. He had confidence that God was going to answer the prayer. He kept on praying, and then when he saw the cloud, when the cloud was... He acted on his prayer. Now, I want to think about us. Sometimes we just need to get off by ourselves. We see Jesus did it. He'd get up really early in the morning, get off by himself. The guys would get up. They couldn't find him. They'd find him. And what is he doing? He's praying. And then we need to humble ourselves. Let me tell you. You know what you do when you come to God? You come boldly to the throne of grace, but you realize who it is. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the sovereign ruler of everything, the creator, redeemer, sustainer, provider, protector. He is everything. You come to him boldly but in humility. And then we come confidently because we're coming based on his promises. See, when he makes a promise, you can pray that promise. You can pray according to the will of God because it's whatever he said If he said, I will provide all your needs, you can come and say, Lord, you you said you had to provide all my needs, and I'm I'm thinking this is a need, okay? And then keep on praying. Keep on praying. Some of you have been praying for certain things for years, and you've never given up. There may be somebody in your family that's not a believer that you've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and that they would come to know the Lord. Or maybe there's some other things that you pray for, and and you just never quit. And then when we see it, we act on it. We live it out. And so it's powerful. And we, we can see that in Elijah's life. And it's pretty exciting when you, when you spend time and you talk to God. So watch what happens. Verse 40, go back again to uh, verse 44. It came about the seventh time that he said, Behold, there's this cloud, and it's small as a man's hand, and it's coming up out of the sea. 
And he said, go down and tell Ahab, go off the mountain, go down to the bottom where he's having the party, go down and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot, get them nervous, prepare yourself, go down so that the shower, heavy shower, the word for shower there means something, a lot of rain, does not stop you. So he basically says, you need to get, you need to get home before the bad rain comes. Now, I still think it's amazing that it hadn't rained in three and a half years. And really, all if you looked in the sky, all you'd see right now is this little bitty cloud. And you'd say, I don't think we're going to get much out of that. But watch what happens. And so verse 45, in a little while, the sky grew black with clouds and wind. And there was a heavy shower. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Now, I'm, I, the way I read that, and I could be wrong, the way I read it is I don't think Ahab really believed him. I think Ahab is on the way when the shower comes. That's what I, I picture Ahab riding his chariot with some others, of course, with him, and it's starting to rain. It says the, the sky grew black with clouds and the wind, and there was a heavy shower, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. He's going down to Jezreel. And so just think about it. Just as God promised the rain, just as Elijah prayed for the rain. Do you and I pray the promises of God? There's so many things in there that he's promised us, that he says, I'll never leave you. I'll provide your needs. I'll do this. I'll do this. Come boldly. Do, and, and, and do we say, thank you, Lord, and I'm bringing this here, and I'm, t- I'm asking you this because you said this. Powerful truth. Now, this is the verse that amazes me. Have you read 46 yet? Look what it says. Then the hand of the Lord, all capitals, personal God, the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and outran Ahab to Jezreel. The hand of the Lord was on Elijah, God's power. Listen, I want you to understand something. From where they were to Jezreel is over 20 miles. And Ahab is riding a chariot with a horse pulling it. And Elijah has the power of God, pulls up so he tucks it in so he won't step on his thing, and he runs, and he outruns the chariot to Jezreel. Now, best we can tell, he wasn't 20 years old. He's probably in his mid-40s or even 50 years old or even older. Now, let me tell you something. Everybody knows about marathons, and a marathon is 26 miles, 385 yards. And if you run... uh, a two-hour marathon, you're good. You're amazing. You know, people say, I, I ran my first marathon. I'll only take you five hours. Okay, that's good. I, that's not bad. I mean, for somebody who's never run a marathon before. Well, this is over 20 miles. Let's picture it's not quite a marathon. How fast do you think a horse can make those 20 miles? Susie, how fast can that horse make those 20 miles? That, that, okay. He ran. First of all, how many in here are going to be able to run 20 miles without stopping? And how you and you're gonna run faster than a horse? Think about that. You know, he's running, he's going, This is feeling really good. You know, nothing's hurting, I'm going great. And you can just see him going right by them as he went by. Good to see y'all. You know, he's going to Jezreel. It just amazes me. Do y'all understand? do you see what just happened? He empowered a person to run faster than a horse in the rainstorm twenty miles. Don't overlook it. I mean, we've already seen him 
call down fire and it just burn it up. We've seen him raise somebody from the dead. We've seen him that, that, that he allowed that, 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 that the flower would just keep coming. We've seen birds just appear. God is doing all kind of things. And now Elijah, the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up his loins and he outran Ahab to Jezreel. I just think that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. The old man Elijah outran a chariot to Jezreel 20 miles. So the next time we say, I don't know if I can do it, God, you can do anything through the Lord that strengthens you. Now, well, we know that I'm not going to ever play pro basketball, you know, things like that. But the bottom line is, whatever God has for you to do, you'll be able to do it. Whatever ministry he has, whatever particular thing he has for you to do, God will empower you to serve him, to touch lives. He will always do that. So what have we seen? Elijah told Ahab, the rain's coming. He prayed according to the promise, and the rain came. So let me give you some applications for us to think about. Let's rest in the promises of God. Let's think about it. Go to the Word of God. Listen, you, you need to, that's why the Bible talks about study to show yourself approved to God, a work but need not be ashamed, handling accurately the truth, the Word of God, to be able to put it together. You've got to know what the promises are. You've got to know how the Bible fits. You've got to understand those things. And so when we think about promises, first of all, make sure the promises belong to us. How, are you tired of people pulling True things from the Bible, out of the Bible, and making them try for their situation. I mean, just the fact that when people say, you know, we need to get two or three of us together because the Bible says wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I'm with you. And I always want to look at him and say, so when you're by yourself, he's not with you, even though he already promised I'll never leave you or forsake you. Well, I, well but, but when there's two or three people together, he comes in a special way. He never says that. In fact, if you look at that passage, what is that to, about? If you've looked at the passage where two or three are gathered in my name there, I'm with you. That's when you gather together to remove somebody from the body because of sin in the body. That's what the passage is about. So don't use that verse to say, let's get together and pray and then God will answer our prayers. That's about dealing with uh, someone being removed from the body. It just amazes me. So make sure the promises belong to us and then act on the promises. Live out it. Live. When he says, I'll never leave you for sake, you just know he's right there with you and, and say, thank you, Lord, for being with me. What are some of the promises? He said, I'll never leave you for sake. He said, I'll go to prepare a place for you. We're going to have a new home. He's promised you eternal life. He's promised you that, uh, he, will, that he will give you his strength to serve. There's so many things. The second thing is let's be men and women of prayer because that's what Elijah is. In fact, when you go to the New Testament, you see all these things Elijah did, but when you go to the New Testament, what, is, what, is, what does James talk about him? It just talks about his prayer and stopped the rain, then he prayed and started the rain. And he says, Elijah was a man of what? Of prayer. That's what he talks about. So let's be men and women of prayer. Let's do this. Let's get by ourselves. Listen, if you don't have a time, and, and I, I'm not going to be legalistic, the ideal thing is that every day you get off by yourself somewhere, just you, and you talk to God. And whether you call it your quiet time, whether you read the Bible, whether you just talk to him, whether you write things down, whether you just pray, I'm not trying to be legalistic, but the ideal thing would be every day you do that. Now, sometimes things come up. Sometimes you, you got to go somewhere. You have to get up at 4.30, and you have to be on something. And you say, I just didn't have time today or something. But the bottom line is we are busy, but can we make time to get off by ourselves and spend time with the one who loves us more than anybody and is going to be there for us. The second thing is pray with confidence because you pray with confidence based on what? The word 
of God. It is the word of God. And so keep on praying. Keep on praying. I have prayed. There are some particular people that I have prayed for for 50 years. 50 years. Some of you may have been praying for a family member or somebody else for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. There are other things I prayed for that uh, I lifted them up and they, and, and they were answered very quickly. Sometimes you just keep praying. Elijah could have said anything out there and the guy goes, nope. He goes, well, I guess it didn't work. I guess it didn't work. No, he just kept praying. He kept sending the guy back seven times. On the seventh time, he came back and said, there's a little bitty cloud. So keep on praying. And let's live according to the word. Because once we get, you know, once we see how it fits, live according to the word and that's act out on the prayer. In other words, whatever he says, just do it. Whatever his promises are, live according to the truths of the Bible. So let's be men and women of prayer.